the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. Hey, Jack, like, did do, do Logan and Brendan, do they like us? Like, I don't, are we not likable not people? Sure. They keep blowing us off. And for them to blow us off after a Bears win is especially egregious. It's okay, though. Tonight, we've got Corey Walsh from BDR and our good friend, Dan Goodwin, the third from three Kings of the Midway podcast with us, Corey, how are you? How's everything going? I'm great. Bears win. Justin Fields had a great game. This is, this is a good Sunday for us. Absolutely. Dan Goodwin, the third, first and foremost, before I forget, you've got to say hi to Roy. You got to say hi to Devore for me, dude. We had those guys on, they were a freaking riot, man. I, I just, each of you guys on your own are great, which is why the Three Kings of the Midway podcast is so good when you get all you guys together. So, Dan, my friend, how are you? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me. And it's always fun to come visit you guys, man. You guys do an excellent job. So I'm just in the company of, of good Bears fans that, that love the game. So I love it. Absolutely. Dan, man, if we have you on a couple more times, we're going to have to start paying you or something, right? <laughs> That's right. Hey, Ryan, I was talking to Corey before the show, and we're interested in being a, a lord and a lady of England. Do you think that Jeffrey could find us some land maybe in Scotland so that we could be British lords and ladies? If that was your British accent, and especially because we've got Come on, Anthony with us tonight, I, I'm a little, I, he, we got to hear his thoughts on that, dude. He's going to crush it. <laughs> Obviously. If you wanted to, I'm sure we could talk to Jeff Cadwalder at App Properties. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Give my guy Jeff a call, 630-254-4734, or visit GenevaJeff.com to learn more about how Jeff can help you find a place in the Chicagoland area. He is the absolute best realtor you could ever, ever hope for. Jeff Cadwalder at Properties. Give him a call, give him a text, or check out GenevaJeff.com today. Hey, uh, Ryan, I, I got a question for you, though. Uh, all right. Yo, what's um, going on, Dan? I'm being in Chicago soon, man, and I need to get a haircut, but I also need a nice trim, you know, a beard trim and everything like that. You got anybody you can hook me up with? Yo, Dan, I got your guy. You got to go visit Will, my guy at Sheridan's Barbershop. You can talk fantasy football. You can talk bears. He will get you trimmed up. He will get you cut, looking sharp, all of it. He is fantastic. Visit him at Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 67 years. Five barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They've got appointments available to book or by phone. Sheridan'sBarbershop.com. Or 630-668-0137. Book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, folks, this is crazy. This is two weeks in a row where we have a fan of the other team. But obviously, uh, we are we're, we're fans of the guys at War of the Lions. Uh, Jack, I know, had a chance to to talk with uh, these guys uh, a little bit ago. And uh, Anthony, you know, uh, thank you, Anthony from War of the Lions. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you guys so much. We're just, you know, before Jack says anything before you get to say anything we just want to say you know we wish you guys were cheering for the same team because the work that you guys do over there is absolutely incredible and especially from doing it from across the pond so anthony welcome to the show hey um thanks for having me you know we've we've been chatting with you for a little while now we've been eager to come on and do something like you say yourselves you've got a really good project going here it's it's great to see and yeah it, it is a shame we can't root for the same team isn't it you know there has to be some differences at the end of the day unfortunately and you had a great time on your show thanks for having me on i was so impressed with how much you not only knew about the lions but how much you knew about the Bears as well. But I have a question for you for today and today's games. Obviously, tough one for the Lions. Why did the Lions lose today? Um, in a nutshell, we lost the battle of the trenches. And, you know, I'm not going to make a lot of excuses, but injuries were a big part of that. We lost Frank Ragnow early. We're already missing Taylor Decker as our pro bowl you know he's, he's a pro bowl level left tackle top five in the league we've lost rag rag now he's a top two 
centre in this league. You cannot afford, especially a team like us, who are not the most heavy with talent at the minute. These are critical positions. And your defensive line just went to work on us afterwards. Was four, five sacks in there because we've got Sewell trying to bed in at left tackle. Jonah Jackson is a second-year left guard. Evan Brown is a backup centre. And, you know, you just can't have that sort of presence up front when you're facing Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, etc. You know, that just really stunted our offense from the start. And then likewise on the defensive line, we've lost Romeo Aquara for the season with an Achilles injury. We're already without Trey Flowers. That's our two top pass rushes out, which isolated our inside defensive line, which is really strong. Ali McNeil, Michael Brock is in there, Nick Williams, Levi Omuzarike. I've just been going back through some of the tape myself because I have to watch it again and because there's no pass rush in there, they're just double teaming up, they're neutralising them and we're built to fight in the trenches this year and the injuries just unfortunately put a damper on it from us and stopped us working to our strengths. Anthony, can I ask how you feel about Dan Campbell as the head coach of the Detroit Lions? I love Dan Campbell. And for the simple reason, he gets what the problems are here. He's been a player here before. He's seen over the years the problems that have been here. He knows that the fans have been told again and again and again, you know, things are going to change and they don't. And, you know, Matt Patricia didn't get that. He came in here. He didn't understand the culture. He alienated everybody. He set himself up for failure. Dan Campbell understands the issues. And the big thing is he understands his own limitations. He's not a master guru of the game yet. He's still learning. And he's surrounded himself with the right coaching staff. We've got a very experienced OC in Anthony Lynn. And he's been such an upgrade there. I know today you didn't necessarily see it in the first book, but we are hampered by, you know, we've lost our wide receiver one. We've lost two of our main guys on the O-line. He's working with what he can, but that offense is already a lot better. And Aaron Glenn was one of the most sought-after defensive coordinators in the league. You know, lots of teams wanted to go out and get him. And, you know, again, he's working with very limited resources, but we are seeing improvements. So he's brought a very good staff in a mixture of experience and youth and they are going to make a difference. It's just we're dealing with the Mad Max wasteland that Quinn Trisha left behind, and it's going to take a long time to fix. But I've no concerns about him. He was very aggressive today, but I was I backed the calls he did. Maybe not the way he executed them, but you know he's going to be a good head coach, and the national media are not been fair on him at all. So I would just wait and see him develop, and you will see a good head coach emerge out of him. Anthony, last question for you. Uh, it seems to be, you know, you're hearing two very different narratives today. One was that Jared Goff did everything he possibly could to win the game. And others basically saying that that Jared Goff is one of the big reasons why they couldn't win. He was hitting wide open receivers, but not hitting those contested receivers. Where did you kind of think, uh, you know, where do you, you kind of lay on that? Was, was Jared Goff the guy that could have won it or the guy that you kind of lost because of him? <sighs> It's very hard to say at the moment because Jared Goff, you know, every quarterback has his own play style and Jared Goff isn't someone you lean on to bring you back from a big deficit. But when you're in a game, he's very good at what he does. The trouble I was saying to you before we started here, every game this season, we've gone down double digits early. Our run game is very effective, as you saw today in parts, you know. That offensive line's better. The running backs are really good. But we get too far behind in games and we have to start leaning on his arm to win them. And that's putting him under pressure, which is not his forte. So there were some problems that silent cadence snap, which completely ruined our first drive when we were about to score. That's a problem. There are communication issues there. But this is a brand new offense he's learning. He's got no senior wide receivers there. Again, he's missing a lot of his offensive line, a lot of his weapons. I think it's just taking some time to bed in, but I wouldn't say we necessarily lost because of him. I think it was an all round. Everything just went wrong today. And I've seen enough for him to say that he can do it for us, but we have to stay closer in games to give him the opportunity to be able to work the way he does. 
Anthony, we want to say thank you so very much for stopping by the Bear Down Report podcast. Obviously, we will hit you guys up on Twitter when this episode goes out. And again, folks, if you are listening and you want to know what's going on with the NFC North, and if you happen to be across the pond, you, you couldn't find a better group of guys, more knowledgeable group of guys. So Anthony, seriously, much respect to you guys and the roar of the Lions. We know we've been on this side before uh, where you know your team just doesn't get it done. And so uh, no, no, no gloating here, my friend. Uh, Best of luck to you guys with the rest of the season. We'll we'll see you at Thanksgiving time, all right? Absolutely. Appreciate it. Enjoy your victory. Best Thank of luck for the rest of the season. Until it was we great to you see you again, man. Thanks yeah. for being on. You too, Jack. Take care. Take care, all. Take care, Anthony. All right. So, folks, uh, we are really bummed. We were hoping that we were going to get Brendan in remotely to do his his recap, but uh, it sounds like there's no internet access whatsoever. So we're going to give it to you just really, really basic version of it because there's no way we could even try to replicate what he does. The Bears win 24 to 14. That's the recap. There it is. Uh, before we get woo, too, woo. yep. Before we get too far into it, I want to ask you guys this question. I'm going to go around the horn on this one. This was an incredible emotional swing from the awfulness that was the Cleveland Browns game to the win against the Lions here. It, you know, should we be excited after this? Is, is it time to pump the brakes a little bit? Because it is the 0-4 Lions now. Where do you guys kind of stand in this? I want to go with Dan, Corey, Jack, and I will finish it up. Well, I mean, the way I look at it is I'm always happy for a win. I don't care who it's against. You know, you go out there, it doesn't matter who's on your who's on the uh, opponent's uh, slate, or you might say who you're playing against, you're supposed to win that game. So when you go out there and you win, it's not it's, wins are hard to come by, especially in the NFL. You know, they're, they're hard to come by in high school, college. When you get to the pro level, man, it's so much preparation that goes into it. I don't care if it was, you know, you're playing the worst team and they were, you know, 0-15 and you're going into week 16. And, and you're playing that team. If you get the W, the work that you put in, the effort that these guys put in, the game planning that goes into it, man, everybody should be celebrating the victory. That's why you get victory Monday. That's why guys get off. That's why, you know, you have this this little bit of time that you can kind of soak it in a little bit and then move on and move on to the next week. So I'm, I'm all for celebrating it. Um, yeah, it was the lowly lions. You know what I mean? We make fun of them all the time, but at the end of the day, they have some, some, some decent pieces. They got some new coaches, things like that. And um, they're making some progress. You know what I mean? Um, they still have holes, of course, but a win is a win. It's a division foe. So anytime we get a win against a division foe and we can push them down and step on their necks, I'm happy for it. Yeah, I completely agree. Just like Dan was saying, a win is a win, especially against the division. I think especially for this week, the the most important thing is that Justin Fields was able to completely bounce back against that loss versus the Browns. That was that was a really, really tough loss for him, especially last week. And I think Justin Fields' development going forward, you know, the team as, as a whole, absolutely. But, you know, Justin Fields, I think, came out, was completely poised, showed a lot of patience in the pocket. He made some absolutely unbelievable throws. So we don't know what the offense is going to look like in the next, especially four games. They're really difficult coming up, but we can celebrate today. We did a lot of things. Well, a lot, especially a lot of, you know, Damian Williams, he did a fantastic job once, once Montgomery had to go off. Um, there's, there's a lot of good things that, that we can celebrate with this win. And I, I'm totally with Dan, a win is a win victory Monday, you know, hell yeah. You know, just Corey, to your point, you know, Justin Fields, I think the thing that Dan and I talked about when Dan came on right after he was drafted was we both kind of said, this guy is one of the smartest guys to ever come into the NFL. And the thing that sets him apart is he improves from week to week to week. And we definitely saw that Corey, exactly as you were talking about. What about you, Jack? I think it's easy. You know, the word fan is fanatic, so it's pretty easy to get overly emotional in a roller coaster type of way. I do think though, that generally speaking, we try to step outside of ourselves and look at it objectively. And I think last week was as awful as we all thought it was legitimately awful. It was a semi-historic dump when it comes to the offensive production, terrible. And so likewise, I mean, yeah, it's the lions, but I think equally 
without being just a, you know, a super fanboy, I think the production that we saw, the rhythm that we saw on offense, I mean, we were joking all the time on, on Twitter with folks. I mean, it was happy tears. I mean, think about how long we've been waiting to see a, a rhythmic offensive game scheme, marching the ball down the field based around a running game and play action passing. I mean, if that makes me like overly emotional one side or the other, so be it, because that was awesome. And that's what we've been talking about and hoping for when it comes to offensive production for so long now. And it was that part of it was truly amazing. Sure. The rest of the schedule is super tough, but I think at least this creates a better look at what the bears can be. And now we can start honing in on some of the other weaknesses and maybe be competitive. Jack, to your point, the schedule coming up is not going to be easy. Bears next at Las Vegas, then versus Green Bay, then at Tampa Bay, then versus San Francisco, then at Pittsburgh, which Pittsburgh did not look very good against Green Bay today, but we'll just keep that as then versus Baltimore and then getting the Detroit Lions at Thanksgiving. That is not a light schedule at all. And so we're going to see what happens. Here's the only reason that I am optimistic. Um, you know, yes, it's the Lions. The, the Lions are 0 4 for a reason. I totally understand Anthony's point, but the Lions are not a very good football team right now. Uh, the thing that has me excited, that has me in a very different mood than last week, it's very simple. Bill Lazor. Matt Nagy is not calling plays, and this team could be so much better now that that is the case. Uh, multiple sources confirming it. You know, Matt Nagy said, hey, I'm the boss and everything comes with me. But we all know Bill Lazor is, is the guy calling plays. And I just, it was, it was fun to watch the Bears on offense today. Like, wh- can you guys, like, when's the last time you saw that? It came in sporadic bursts, I think, previously. Maybe when Matt Nagy first came and his gimmick offense kind of worked because not everybody in the league had caught up with it. But I mean, it really is kind of crazy, everyone, right? Because I mean, you think about the happiness that Bill Lazor provided us with, but if you just stop for a moment and look at the staggering difference between when Matt Nagy calls plays and when Bill Lazor calls plays, not just this year, but at the end of last year, it's so incredibly obvious that the guy needs to give up that play sheet for life that it's, it's, I mean, it really is staggering. He must, he must struggle with quite a bit of ego. It's got to be pretty difficult to set that play sheet aside. And I understand that I I loved calling plays again. It was only at the high school level, but there's a thrill about it on a Friday night or a Sunday. So for him, I guess for a moment to set that ego aside, I do give him props because it had to be difficult for him. He's a better head coach than he is a play caller. This is him giving the team the best chance to win plain and simple. Yeah. I got to agree with, I got to agree with you there, Jack. Um, I will say this about the situation, though. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot of people that say, well, you know, Bill Lazor played, you know, he called these games against inferior talent. These, you know, the, it was the lowly Lions. It's the same thing they say last year about the five games that he called. Well, it was against guys, you know, teams that weren't that good, you know, so on and so forth. And I say that's a bunch of baloney. And the reason I say that's baloney is because you see a difference in the game plan. I don't care who you're playing against when you're running hitch routes and 70% (laughs) of them were hitch routes last week against Cleveland. That's terrible. That's terrible (laughs) offense. You're, 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 you're running three to five yard plays. That's terrible. So when you, when you have a different game plan in and we have a guy who's mixing it up, who's more balanced, who runs the ball and passes the ball, you know, frequently and, and you see it, it get better. I don't care who you're playing against, just the game calling itself, the plays that were run themselves are better than what Nagy was putting out there. So that's why I think that's baloney. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, maybe this team wasn't as good or talented as Cleveland, but I don't care. It's different than what we've seen the first three weeks of the season. And it's the stark contrast. It's really, really big and obvious. Dan, I just keep thinking about, he kept putting Justin Fields in five-man protection against Jadavian Clowney, right? Like, (laughs) what are you you doing against Cleveland's defensive line? Like, it's one of the best defensive lines in football, and and, and you're putting, like, no no tight ends to chip block. Like, what are you you doing? It makes no sense whatsoever. I think we want to probably spend most of our time focusing on the good, but 
I have to say, Corey and Dan, Ryan and I were talking this week trying to figure out how to describe the badness that is Matt Nagy. And we get into this great like discussion about how he it's as if he's like at like a, a, a seafood place. Right. And he's ordering barbecue wings. And the lady like the, the waitress is like, no, bro, you don't want to order barbecue wings. This is a seafood place. And he's like, nope, nope. I feel like we got we know what we're doing. Right. And he's just calling plays well, like he's ordering off a menu or something. And there's no game on the field. It was it was it was funny. Go to the shadiest restaurant you've ever been to. And you're like, man, I really love fish tacos. It's like they're all the, 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 the waiters like, hey, dude, don't do the fish tacos. You're like, no, I think I'm going to do the fish tacos. The gas attendant is like, don't get the sushi. No, this looks like decent sushi. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, I think we've already hit the like kind of general thoughts on the game. So let, let's hop right into the good. We're going to go from here. We're going to go. I want to hear your goods of the game. I want to hear your bads of the game. And then we're going to do the game balls. Who are your game balls going to go out to? So let's shake it up a little bit here. So we're going to go Corey, Dan, Jack, and I will finish up the goods of the game. The things that really stood out to you, the good things that stood out in this game. So we've already touched on it a little bit, but obviously one of the best points of the game was Bill Lazor was calling the place. It was absolutely immediately obvious from the, the very first sequence of plays that we saw a couple of, of fantastic runs and then a great throw by fields. We, we got more yards in our first March down the field than we got in the entire game versus the Browns. I mean, that that is equally it's no, that's just depressing. You know, I'm so happy that we marched down the field and got a touchdown on the first possession of the game, but what are you kidding me? It, it was, I'm just so happy that, that Nagy finally put aside his ego and, and even though in the press, in the presser, he said, Oh, it goes through me, whatever, Nagy, just, just be quiet. Sorry. This is the good stuff. Going back to the good well, stuff. Corey, Corey um, hold up really quick. Corey, just, I, I think the thing that we've been holding on to is Matt Nagy is a good guy and we like him. We like, like his holistic approach. I don't think that's the case anymore. I, I think this guy's kind of a D bag and I, I think he's working in his way out of a, uh, out of that spot. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said it. I say he's a D bag. I, I mean, well, honestly, well, in my experience, like the worst D bags uh, are charismatic and can charm you into thinking that they're not a D bag. Um, I, I learned that a lot in my early thirties. Um, I mean, my early twenties. Um, and I, so I think, you know, there I are think some stories be, there. Yeah. Let's not go there, <laughs> but I, I totally get that. I think you're completely right. Um, he's had this, you know, I'm a good guy and, and maybe, you know, he did have the, have the entire team behind him at one point. I think he's losing them. Um, so, you know, maybe just as a head coach without calling the plays, he's obviously much better. Um, but yeah, you, you might've hit the nail on the head there. Um, but another, obviously, I mean, fields to Mooney, all day long. Give me that all day long. I mean, that throw, the first one, that, I mean, he threaded the needle in both of those fantastic throws. The first one was just right over the shoulder. The second one was literally just a drop in the basket. I mean, I have chills just recalling those plays. We have never, as Bears fans, maybe we've gotten to see that twice in like the, the Jay Cutler era, right? Like, that is just not something we get to experience. And I, I was, I, I still, I'm getting goose, goose pimples thinking about it. Um, and then, you know, I think, I think Robert Quinn has been having a fantastic start to the season. He made a mention about he, something was going on last season. He didn't want to get into it. I completely understand. Um, but he has shown up, shut everybody up and he has shown that he he's worth his contract and he has, he's becoming an elite pass rusher i think the and and you know the the energy and and the the play between mac and quinn it's it's just really really exciting so um those though i would say those are probably my my highlights my my top three good for the game yeah i, I think the good for the game that that, we, that they um they were able to see that we were able to see number one you know everybody's gonna look at justin fields and say oh man that was great right I knew that he could do that. I knew that there was a guy hindering his development in that area, though. Right. So to me, that's not the greatest thing that I saw. The best thing that I saw 
was actually the running game. And the reason I chose the running game is not just because David Montgomery ran for over 100 yards and he got over 20 carries and he had two touchdowns, which was all great, wonderful, right? But the thing that I saw in the running game is that when David Montgomery went down, and I hope he's not injured too badly, you know what I mean? We'll see what, what happens in, 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 in the week coming uh, to see how that works out. But Damian Williams, when he got in the game, he was running the ball too. So that 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 signified that the offensive line was doing well at running the ball. And then something else that I saw that was very good at the end of the game in the press conference, Justin Fields was talking about Sam Mustafer and Sam Mustafer made a comment to him and said, hey, you know, I bet you your family's pretty pissed at us. Right. You know, and he's joking. And he said and Justin Fields said that in, in the press conference, he said those guys came to me and said, hey, we're not going to let that happen again. And we got your back. So when when I saw that and then they went out there and they did it, I don't care who it is against. It doesn't matter. When I see that and I see the run game come together, that was eye opening for me. That 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 made me, you know, very happy to see that. And then, of course, Justin Fields doing and being kind of unleashed a little bit, even though he only threw 17 passes. I like to see him throw a little bit more than that. I think they were kind of still holding on to him a little bit, tugging the reins a little bit. But at the end of the day, he was able to throw those balls. And we had, we, we're talking about five shots over 20 yards down the field, right? Five shots. How often do you see that from the Bears offense? You know what I'm saying? Like hardly ever. And then also you had 18 yards per completion. So when you have that type of production on the football field coming from the run game and the passing game, man, I mean, you know, I like to see that. And that's something that you can build on. That's something that you can build on. Guys get comfortable. These are games that you can get comfortable in, right? And you can kind of get traction. That's what we call Detroit, right? And I'm going to take a shot and a dig at Detroit right now. That's what, we, that's what we call them. These are games that we can get off on and kind of get our feet together and, and, and kind of get our traction, our momentum going for going into games against Green Bay and Tampa Bay and the Raiders and things like that. Jack, before you say it, I'm setting you up. No, no, no. I'm setting you up because you've been talking about it forever. They got to take shots downfield. They got to sh- take oh shots gosh. downfield. And to hear Dan say it, I'm literally going, oh man, Jack That's is so salivating <laughs> at this point right now. So go for it, man. This is, this is you. This is your time to shine. Both Corey and Dan touched upon it. I mean, when they throw the ball downfield, it's like one of the most exciting plays in all of football. And the fact that we haven't been doing it for so long, if you've listened to the show at all, if you're a friend of mine, you've probably heard me talk about how frustrated I am about our lack of deep balls to the point of just like probably getting mad at me about it, even though I'm not calling the plays. But I just, I mean, we talked about it so much in terms of loosening up the defense under the Matt Nagy style. They basically the defense could just keep rolling up and they knew it was either going to be a short pass or it was going to be a run. And that just gave them such a huge advantage. And so, I mean, the, the excitement that I saw Corey have when she was talking about the deep ball and how easy Justin Fields made that throw. I mean, just what a rifle of an arm that was. So that was fantastic. So there's no doubt about that. And I, I think maybe spinning off that probably one of the greatest of all goods is to know that, JF one is what we thought he is that he, he can be as good as we hoped he would be that he has the ability to scramble. He, he is so accurate. We've talked about it since the preseason as inaccurate as Jared Goff was today. Fields is incredibly accurate when he gets the chance to throw the ball and he puts it in places that you would think a veteran was throwing the ball and not him. I guess just as a funny side note, I'm glad, I guess it's really good that the um, Detroit Lions don't bite anybody in the kneecap in the red zone uh, because that was, uh, that was to our favor. And I'm, I guess it's good that Dan Campbell doesn't quite know how to challenge plays yet. So I'll put those on the good angle too. Why didn't he kick the field goal? I don't know. That, that dude. Okay. I, you know what? I think Anthony may have even said it like he's a new coach and he's learning, yeah. but th- that's one that, that if I'm a Lions fan, I'm, I mean, you have some momentum you're driving, you know what? Kick the field goal. Then it's only a seven point game at that point. I just checked my phone guys. I'm not making this up. 
Jack and I are in a bunch of different text chains together. Just we have we have work friends, we have the BDR crew together, and sometimes we just text back and forth to each other. I have three texts right from three different chains from Jack saying we got to throw it deep, we got to throw it deep, and here <laughs> it is, man. Um, you know, Dan, I really I've, I've been actually like hoping to pick your brain about this because. Dan Orvlovsky got on the national media and just tore Matt Nagy a new one. It was awesome because um, I think he ex- finally started to see the things that we had been kind of noticing for quite some time. But he also said that he'd like to see Justin Fields traded out of Chicago if Matt Nagy remains the play caller. Um, you know, I just, how do you kind of feel about that one, dude? You know, Dan Orlovsky took, you know, a couple of steps forward and took five steps backwards, in my opinion. I mean, how can you say that that this guy should force his way out of Chicago? Number one, he'd be if he if he tried to do that, if he said, hey, I want to be out of Chicago, I want to trade right now. You're a rookie. You're a, a, a rookie in your fourth week in the in the regular season. And you would start this this snowball effect. No, that wouldn't work. He'd be labeled a, a, a malcontent. He'd be labeled uncoachable. He'd be labeled all kinds of bad things. And that would follow him around wherever he went, wherever he went, that would follow him. Right. So what you do as a young player is you bide your time. You deal with what you deal with. Right. You establish yourself and you make a name for yourself. And and if something happens in the future where, where something like this is going on, then you can have the cachet, the clout to do that, to pull that type of move, but it would never happen. Justin Fields is not that type of guy. Um, he's a guy who's going to stay even keel. He's not going to make rash decisions based on emotion or based on one loss or two losses, whatever the case may be. He's, he's kind of a, a guy who's got a firm hold on, you know, how balanced and even keel he should be. Right. So I, I wasn't worried about it. I think Dan Orlovsky, I think he's going above and beyond uh, because he realizes that he was wrong in his analysis of Justin Fields in the drafting process. So he's trying to double back and, and clean all that up. <laughs> and now he's gone way overboard into the, to the, to the deep end. And, and, and he's flailing about right now uh, saying crazy things. I, I think he should have just stuck on Matt Nagy because we could all see that. But once you start getting into that type of talk, Come on, man. That's that's not even realistic. It's, that's a joke. You know what I mean? To be honest with you. Um, I'm going to hit my good and I'm going to try to not to, to hit the things that you guys were talking about because you guys, you you hit the, 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 the big stuff, you know, obviously talking about Bill Lazor, talking about Robert Quinn, talking about Darnell Mooney, talking about Monty or Demo, doesn't matter either way, as long as 32 is running the ball, I don't think it matters. I don't care what you call him, just as long as that guy gets the rock, uh, that, that's important. Um, I want to talk about a few people, uh, Alec Ogletree, uh, especially in past defense, I think we talked about it uh, Jack early on uh, this, it might've been the off season, might've been week one. I don't remember where it was, but he didn't look great early on in, uh, in run defense, but then had that amazing pass defended. And I, and I am an Alec Ogletree fan. I'm, I'm excited to, to see this, this guy play Sean Desai yet again, a couple things that we knew that this team could do, which was get after the passer, right. And force turnovers. And yet again, Sean Desai is doing it. I, I wouldn't say it was a perfect plan. The Lions put up way too many yards, but I, I'm going to say it. This is something I've been thinking for the last couple of weeks, but I think Sean Desai is getting slightly better every single week in his defensive game plans, his defensive scheming, the way he has guys playing. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt that Robert Quinn is playing out of his freaking mind right now. Um, but, but I just, I love it. Jesse James on special teams. I don't know if you guys saw it, but that dude was a hunter killer. It was fun to watch, especially as a giant tight end that he is, but to see him in in that role was super, super fun. Um, Deion Bush didn't have a great game, but I think he had a better game than I think people were expecting out of him. If he can continue to play well, I'm not even going to say... Okay, you know what? Fine, let's just say it. I mean, Eddie Jackson, what are, what are we doing here, folks? Like, what what's what's going on? I mean, or is it are still are we still doing this, Dan? I see, I see. Look, I see. You want to say something, Dan? Don't 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 be shy. Don't be coy. Go for it, man. Let's hear it, dude. 
Okay, okay. So so here's the thing. I think Deion Bush, there were some instances where he played decent, right? He made some good tackles and 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 things like that. I, I do want to say JP Holtz too. I don't know if you guys saw that one tackle that he made when he was running down. You just it just came to my mind because you mentioned Jesse James, but man, he 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 stuck that guy pretty good. I, I saw 81. And he flashed on that play. That was real nice. Is that but, is that Dan? Is that why you keep five tight ends on the roster so they can all play special? <laughs> I, mean, teams? I don't. I don't know. I don't think. You, I still don't think you need five tight ends. But no, hey, no, 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 no. It's better than better than having Ryan Nall active. You know what I mean? <laughs> keep him on the practice squad. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I take the tight end instead of him. But but honestly, um, Deion Bush, you know, he made a couple of decent plays. Now he's a backup, right? That's what we see him for. And and I think he's being thrust into the strong safety role, which I think he's probably more suited to be a free safety, right? Um, but he's playing that strong safety role. And there was a play today that really, really got on my nerves because this was a mental error, right? And and when I say a mental error, that means you, you're out of position. You don't know what you're doing on the football field, things like that. And that the play where... Uh, Raymond caught that pass. Uh, Khalif Raymond caught the pass, the touchdown pass, running straight up the field. He ran directly by Deion Bush on that play. And Deion Bush put his hands up like, what, what's going on? Now, at the beginning of that play, I tweeted, what the heck was that, Deion Bush? <laughs> right? And then I followed that tweet up with, from the point, as soon as the ball was snapped, I knew it was a touchdown mm-hmm. because Deion Bush was standing still. He did not know where to be on the field. So a play was called and everybody knew their position. Everybody knew where they were supposed to be. And for whatever reason, he had no clue where he was supposed to be on the football field. And he was literally standing still with his arms down. He didn't know what to do. And the guy ran directly past him for the touchdown. So to me, that's a that's a mental error. Things that cannot happen on the football field. You're the last line of defense. So if you see the guy about to run past you and you have no idea what's going on, grab him. I'd rather you take a pass interference than give up a touchdown. Take the 15-yard holding penalty. Take the pass interference as a spot file or whatever it is. And then you reset the defense and go on about your business. But at that point, don't just give up a touchdown. To me, that was a blunder. That was a mental mistake. We can't have those. And from your starting safety, you're the last line of defense. That's what you can't have. I can deal with Eddie Jackson making a bad play. I can deal with him possibly being out of position because he 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 he's taking chances out there, right? I can deal with that. But when you have no clue where you're supposed to be on the football field, that's something I can't deal with. You know, I'll, I'll say it one more time. I don't think he is God's gift to safeties, but I think he played better than I expected it to. Dan, your your points, dude. Again, you're you're one of the smartest guys out there, which is why we keep bringing you back. You know your stuff, and and I absolutely love it. I I will just say this: Eddie Jackson has made a couple plays this season that have made me just want to vomit, and this being really the first play that has made me want to vomit. So there's kind of that. Two, two last things. Cairo Santos, 32 for 30 freaking two. That dude is incredible. Um, I, you know, I hear people like, well, maybe, no, no, this is the Bears kicker over and done with. And I want to go specifically to Corey on this question. Is Darnell Mooney wide receiver number one next season? Uh, yeah, I, yes. <laughs> um, I, I think um, I don't think there's any way that we can keep Roquan Smith and Allen Robinson on, on the roster. I just, I don't think that's, that's possible to work around and Akeem Hicks, you know, he's, we've got to work a contract with him too. Um, everything that A-Rob has been saying or not saying over the off season, um, I don't see him sticking around Chicago barring a complete miracle. Um, and Mooney has absolutely made the case for himself that he is a fantastic wide receiver. Um, I, I think going forward uh, next year, I think that is, you are completely right. He's going to be our WR one. He's smooth. He's much tougher than he, you know, than his size would indicate. Everybody's a Darnell Mooney fan at this point. 
All right, folks, we got to get to the bad stuff. There was some not so great stuff that took place in this game. Dan, you kind of already alluded to how you were feeling about Dan Bush, but I'm sure there's more to it. You know, some people feeling the Lions got a little bit too close. So folks, let's hear your bad, some things that you were not thrilled about. So I'm going to go Jack, Dan, Corey, and I will finish it up. Follow up with Dan's excellent point on the free safeties. Just going forward briefly, if we continue to have free safeties who don't do their number one job, which is no one gets behind you. That's your number one job. You are pass first, always. You are run second. No one gets behind you. You learn that from the time you're playing like toddler football. Uh, Seven penalties for 61 yards. Um, One for eight on third downs. Cole Komet, where are you, man? Uh, and the Bears rush defense. So I don't want to take everybody's. Obviously, that might be one of yours. So I'll just focus on the penalties. You've heard me say it before. I do think those those penalties really do paint a picture of the entire franchise. And I think the fact that they continue to happen is very concerning. There's going to be a game where those types of penalties costs us a game. And there, again, some of them are because of the nature of the way that the NFL has begun to protect vulnerable players. And maybe we don't all love that so much. It's tough because I think we do love old school football. I do understand what they're trying to do, but some of them are just straight up brainless and stupid. And it's going to cost us a game at some point. And I really do think that that needs to be cleaned up ASAP. I mean, I, I I'll take a look here in a minute, but we probably are one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. If I had to guess. So that needs to stop. Yeah, um, I think the bad things that that I saw today um, that stick out in my mind is is the defense uh, allowing a team to move between the twenty so easily. Uh, they, they, you know, the Lions were able to walk up and down the field on us, right? Um, and in the first half, they allowed three drives to go inside the twenty yard line to get into the red zone. Two of those drives got inside the ten yard line. Now we were playing the Lions, so we were able to force them into some mistakes and. You know, we're able to kind of stiffen in that in that red zone and kind of you know, put, pump the brakes and slow them down a little bit at that point. But when you play the better teams, when you go up against the Raiders and Tampa Bay and Green Bay over the next three weeks, those drives are going to end in scores. You know what I mean? They're going to end in touchdowns. So we were up 14-0 at halftime, but pretty easily against a team like Tampa Bay, they come away on those three drives with two touchdowns and a field goal. And we're looking at a totally different ball game, right? We're down 17, 14 at that point. Um, I think that was a, that was a major thing. Um, The defense, the secondary is something that, uh, you know, I've got my eyes on. Um, I I just, you know, I like Kendall Vildor. I think he's a fighter, but I think he's better suited for the nickel position. And I wish we could have gotten somebody for the outside. I know there was Richard Sherman out there and he ended up going to Tampa Bay. I wish we could have got him and put him on the outside. He would have been okay, you know, and, and a vet that that could really kind of teach guys some some things. Um, Jalen Johnson, I'm not worried about, but Kendall Vildor on the other side and the nickel position, I'm I'm terrified of of, of what what can happen. And um, like I said, you know, if you allow teams to get into the red zone repeatedly and just walk down the field on you. You know, trust me, Darren Waller, six foot six, six foot seven or whatever he is, he's going to catch red zone targets and touchdowns in the red zone. So, you know, they got to clean that up. They got to figure out how to stop guys from just going up and down the field. That's my biggest takeaway or on the bad side of things. Uh, The other thing is Matt Nagy. And I take this away at the end of the game, because like we said, he put his ego aside a little bit. But it reared his ugly head once again in the press conference when he said, hey, everything runs through me. And then it took two or three questions for them to finally get out the words, congratulations to Bill Lazor. He had a good day calling in place. I mean, just give the credit where credit's due, for God's sake. You know what I'm saying? Stop being egocentric. Stop being a narcissist. And maybe, you know, maybe maybe people would like you a little bit better. I'm I'm just saying I'm not I'm not sold on him anymore. Um. Uh, him being a good guy and all of that stuff. I think he's, I think he's just as selfish and self-centered as anybody could be in this world, to be honest with you. Uh, So I've got three bad. Um, I'll, I'll keep rolling on the secondary after, after everything that Dan said, Um, you know, we're going up against 
Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady the next three games. And literally all their game plan has to be is just throw over the heads of their secondary and we'll blow them out of the water. You know, if you go back and look at the first few games, um, Dan's point earlier about not knowing where they are on the field, Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley, Deion Bush, they all have had at least a couple of plays where they're, they're literally, they, I, I don't even know if they know if they're in zone or man coverage. They literally, they're, yes, they're looking around like, what, what am I supposed to be doing? So, um, that's terrifying. I, it's, it, it got a little bit better from the Rams, I think. Um, but you know, again, it, it was going up against the lions. I, I hate to keep <laughs> saying that phrase. Um, but the secondary, I mean, it has to get better, especially in this, in these games going forward. Number two for me was Eddie Goldman. He, you know, he had that false start maybe because he's coming back. He's kind of getting all of those, those, you know, starter jitters out. Um, but I personally didn't think that the front seven was any better with Eddie Goldman. And actually, I think they took a step back with the Lions being able to run the ball so effectively with Eddie Goldman in the lineup. You know, I saw a bunch of tweets and articles about, oh, our front seven is finally at at its its, you know, full potential and and full strength. And I, I think. Tongo just did at least as good of a job as Goldman um, and, and, you know, it had a little bit more of a fire up his butt, um, you know, just, just being a rookie and getting that chance. Um, and then three, you know, it's not really the bears, but my God, these penalties that the refs are calling, what was Xavier Crawford supposed to do? I mean, if he had enough time to catch the ball, but the penalty was called that, they didn't give him enough time to catch. The, I mean, the the pen. It, it just let them play. I understand that there's rules. I understand that they have to be consistent. But the penalties, especially in in this game in particular, just really had me fired up. That roughing the passer call by Khalil Mack Ugh. was a tragedy. I mean, what what is he supposed to do with his hand after his hand is deflected down towards Jared Goff's fate? Like, like, what is, what, what, what do you do? Defy the laws of gravity? Like, exactly. the The league has. I, I don't. I don't know what the answer is, but it's these flags are just getting soul sucking for the the fan. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that play too. It's 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 crazy. You brought it up. I, I thought it was terrible call right because he actually hit the ball and his arm and his hand before hitting the helmet right now I I, I talked to some people about this earlier too and I said think about it like this if you have a kicker or a punter you cannot run into the punter you cannot hit him right but if you touch the ball if you block the kick or the field goal you can plow through that guy like nobody's business. You could do whatever you want to. You could tackle him, knock him to the ground, break his hip. It doesn't matter. You know, at that point, you touch the ball, and that's what it is. I think the same thing should be true. If you're batting for a ball and you're swiping for a ball, in the, in the, and you hit his arm, clearly you were aiming for his arm. You hit his arm, hit his hand, and nick the ball to where it starts fluttering in the air. Why would you call that penalty? It, it doesn't make sense. The NFL needs to step in and kind of, you know, the rules committee or whatever, they need to step in and kind of figure that out a little bit. On the punt return, if you don't want to get smashed, call fair catch. You're supposed to give two yards of a halo. I think we gave him two yards. He caught the ball and then he got smashed. That's good football. You know, I, just, I, I agree with you on that, Corey. I thought that was a, those two plays, uh, those two calls were especially bad. Well, and it's not like he's hitting him in the helmet leading with, I mean, like that was about as clean of hit as you can possibly have. I don't understand why Jimmy Graham is on this team and Kyle Fuller isn't Corey, to your point about the secondary, uh, he's not getting any playtime whatsoever. Jimmy Graham, he's got what one catch on the season and, uh, you know, one, one tweet, uh, or retweet rather of how bad the offense was last week. And so, I don't really get that one. Um, you know, this is not a bad, but but Duke Shelley, uh, I think, played better than he showed in the preseason because he was not real good in the preseason. And I think he played OK 
not not great, but not not terrible. Uh, my bad. I've got a couple. Uh, the Bears run defense just really bad. If the Detroit Lions had stuck with it, uh, I think we're we're talking like really really bad. Only getting 84 yards, but that's because the Lions had to abandon it in the second half because Jared Goff. Thanks, man. This that's it. That's all I got to say. Jared Goff. Thank you. Thank you so much for for turning that ball over. We, we appreciate you greatly. Uh, Jack, to your point, Cole Komet, either that dude's got to get some new cleats or, hey, guess what? Fans maybe want to go to Arlington Heights for a reason because Soldier Field, Park District, Chicago Park District, you can't keep the field in good condition. Yes, it's iconic. Yes, you, there are some great seats in that house. But you know what, man? If we're in a brand new stadium, anything like SoFi, what the Vikings have, what the Colts have, dude, we might have a legitimate stadium like and a field that's, I don't know, NFL quality. The field's been looking better. There's no doubt about it. At least there's not huge chunks of sod coming up. And like the crew has to come out and pat them down in between, you know, commercial breaks. However, it looked especially bad. I know last weekend, the Wisconsin Notre Dame game was played on it. Go Irish. But still, it seems like there's so much sand on it. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the years when they used to have to spray paint it green because it was so nasty? (laughs) I mean, they're having concerts on it before the opening game. The Park District gives zero Fs about it. They're not willing to deal with us in a conducive way. I couldn't agree with you more. It's time to go to the big boy table when it comes to stadiums. All right, folks, it's time to give out game balls, game balls. Now game balls do not have to be a player. They can be a coach. They can be a fan. They can be a commercial. They can be anything that you want to give out your, your game ball to. So we are going to go game balls, Dan, Corey, Jack, and I will finish it up. I got game ball. My first game ball is going to go to um, uh, David Montgomery. I mean, from from opening to ending that first touchdown run that he had where he plowed into the end zone and kind of forced his way all the way through that was that was incredible right um because it wasn't the line doing that work that was him pushing that pile and David Montgomery is clearly faster and quicker than what he was last year um he's just as powerful and strong and and you know he looks like a big baby when 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 you when he has his helmet on. I, if you look at him, he looks like a little baby. Like like what what's going? Why is this dude so big? But um, <laughs> it's it's funny, man. I, I mean, I think he gets a game ball going over a hundred yards, twenty plus carries. Um, I hope for his 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 sake that he's healthy, that everything is good, and then of course for the Bears' sake as well. And one last game ball. I know we crapped on Cole Komet a couple times here. And deservedly so, because he's made some some mistakes out there. But I want to give Cole Komet a little bit of credit, because on that last drive, when they, when Detroit turned it over on that fourth down, if you look at the tape, look at who made a pancake block on that tape. That was Cole Komet pushing a guy through the ground. Now, if you want to see some sod come up, look at that block that he did. And nice. when I see that, nice. I see improvement. And that's what we want to see. We want to see improvement week by week by week, game by game. And Cole Komet, his his blocking has been an issue. When I see stuff like that, that means he's working on it so I can deal with it. So, okay, I would like to give a game ball specifically to the Justin Fields to Darnell Mooney matchup, because just like you asked about if Darnell Mooney is going to be the wide receiver one earlier, I think that he is moving forward, especially after this season is going to be Justin Fields, number one weapon. And I, I just, I, I know I said it a couple of times, but the the hairs on my arms stand up when I think about those two passes. Um, They just were, they were like chef's kiss perfection to me. And it, it gets me so excited. Like Jack was saying that we actually have some kind of deep ball game. And uh, so that specific matchup, I'd like to give a game ball. And I would like to give an honor game ball to David Montgomery too, because like Dan was saying, that that t- second touchdown that he got, he, how many defenders was he literally carrying on his back into the end zone? I, I, it was almost laughable. I mean, he is he is a literal beast. And prayers up to his knee. It sounds like everything's good, but just prayers up. Twitter prayer circle, good vibes, everything, you know, game ball to David Montgomery too. <laughs> is that a thing? Are there Twitter prayer circles yes I'm getting, I'm getting real good at twitter so i need to know these things that's a can, thing can, can we just take one second 
Jack now has 200 followers on Twitter. Folks that, that, that are listening, just so you know, that's a big deal for my man over there who was basically for a little while is like, hey, how does this thing work? What does this button do? And so you guys are like, that's cute. That's cute, Jack. Good job. <laughs> you think, honestly, you are like all over it and you're killing it. And absolutely. Honorary game, game ball to Jack Wright's Twitter. Uh, thanks, Corey. <laughs> that's really nice of you. All right. Uh, Game ball to Tom Brady, who just broke the NFL all-time passing yards record. Uh, he just overcame Drew Brees for that. Also, game ball to him for in a, in a world of hurt when it comes to commercials. His Subway commercial is so excellent. Every time, every time he says, it smells so good, I can almost taste it. And then the announcer says, you don't even eat bread. I laugh because <laughs> it's that good. And with the Gronk stuff and the Matt Nagy McDonald's ridiculousness and all of it, it's just a, it's a beacon of hope in the world of crappy. I mean, usually I flip to the red zone, but you know, if you're hanging around, then I'm going to give a game ball to Bill Lazor. I just, I am so freaking happy. I mean, right from the very beginning, and that very first drive, I'm tweeting and texting everybody that I possibly can. I don't see a play sheet. I don't see a poster-sized play sheet with UBU in his hands and Matt Nagy. I don't see it. Apparently, it was there. And that's that's okay. And whatever, it's everything going goes through him. through him, Jack. Everything. I don't care about his word salad <laughs> and his ego. Bill Lazor called the plays. He called them well. I mentioned at the very end of the game when you needed to pound it out, you needed to run the ball. You needed to like tick, tick, tick on the clock. That's where Bill Lazor will win you a game. And Matt Nagy wouldn't because Lazor has some confidence and some feel, and he knows Justin Fields swagger and Matt Nagy. That's when he's the worst. He has zero confidence and he ends up basically trying not to lose. Uh, and so 100% Bill Lazor gets a game ball from me. As bad as Rob Gronkowski's uh, I'm Special commercial is, the Bear Dynasty, the paint, the Bear, like B-E-H-R Dynasty paint commercial was. I don't know if you guys missed it. That dude had me had me rolling. Uh, my game ball has got to go to a guy that 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 I have trashed that I think all of us have trashed. Um, I know my good friend, Rob Kirkland has, has said some of the meanest things you could possibly imagine about this guy. And we both need to make a public apology. Robert Quinn must have been hurt last season. The beginning of this season, the guy, it's not just in his pass rushing. It's in, you know, he's tripping guys up in running backs. He's just, he's playing hard. He, between him and Mac right now, I'm not saying overall, I'm just saying as of right now, he looks the better player. I think we all know Mac is by far, you know, in the end of all of it, going to be a significantly better player. But right now, Robert Quinn is playing out of his freaking mind and it is absolutely fun to watch. All right. So obviously there's no Logan's bets today. Uh, Brendan doesn't give us a breakdown. It, like seriously, Jack, I'm feeling very unwanted right now between those I two know. guys. Thankfully we've got Corey and Dan truly so thrilled that you guys stepped in and they were both so excited to do it, which just makes it, you know, it's awesome to have friends that are really good at what they do. And so just props to you guys big time, but we do have time for Jack's questions. So Jack, instead of asking for a number, I know you've got one prepared for us. So you can give us the number and tell us what's the question. I'm anxious to hear it. All right. So in the book of questions, for those of you that are new and uh, the complete book of questions, there's a thousand and one questions this is question 85. And since I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, if you need me to, I'll go first. But if you've got one that comes to mind right away, then, then you just roll. Uh, what jingle comes to your mind? Hum or whistle it right now and see if others can correctly guess it. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, oh, the roofing company? No. Do it again. Oh, no, it's it's the, the carpet. Yes. Seven, seven, three, two, oh, two, Luna. Yes. Nice, Corey. Corey for the win. Well done. Let's go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> got it. That's a good one. That was good. All right, who's up? Corey, Dan, did you have one or you want me to go? You can go. You can go. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Donate your car today. Why want, are you freaking want, me off? I, right, I, double, want you to, I, I, want, I want you to know something. Go. I hate that jingle more than I hate anything in the world. I know that they're a charitable organization. I mean this. Like you can see, you can see it in my face right now. I, love, I know they're oh, a charitable. They are a charitable organization. But every time that commercial comes on, I do whatever it takes to turn off the volume. I will never donate my car to them because I hate that jingle so damn much. I love it. I love the anger. That's so good. I I did the same thing with the and I. If, if somebody lost someone to a terrible accident because they worked for the Illinois Department of Transportation, I do apologize, but I cannot believe the rampage of commercials that we got from them. I thought there was like some sort of a genocide of like people on the side of the road dying because whether you're listening to the radio or you're watching TV, <laughs> there was like an incessant rain of those IDA commercials. And that, that was the same, same commercial every time. And so I understand what you're saying. I feel the same about those, but I hope you go slow through construction zones just so everybody's clear about what I'm saying here. All right. I think I got one. <laughs> I hope it's considered, I think it is considered a jingle. Okay, here we go. Wow. Is that okay? Is it a fast food restaurant? No, no. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss right now. Wow. <laughs> Dan, you it sounds familiar it? though. It's, it it's does. Familiar. Very familiar. I've heard it. Should I sing it? Are you guys ready? Should I do yeah. it again? Uh, I'll say, why don't you sing it? Wait, wait, wait. Oscar Mayer Wiener. Yes. That's yes. it. That's it. it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. That's it. Well done. <laughs> By you, Corey, um, not me. That was good. <laughs> yeah, Dan, I don't know if you can top that, man. Um, well, well, if I do mine, let me, let me, it's easy. First of all, I'm, everybody's going to get it within real quick, but you got to let me explain why it's my favorite after I do it. All, all right. right. So. Okay. It's easy, right? Very easy. But the reason it's my favorite is because one of my favorite shows, The Office, right? I just remember Andy saying, give me a break, give me a break, give me a break of that Chrysler car. And he couldn't get Kit Kat bar, right? He kept saying everything but Kit Kat bar. It's like, how do you not know that, right? So that's why it's my favorite. It's hilarious. That's so good. Break me off a piece of that. Bump, bump, bump. Yes. Dan, he said oh. Chrysler car. And I'm like, Chrysler car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the friend you had in high school that always sang the wrong lyrics, you know, like the Counting Crows song was like around here. And like one of my friends and she was like, brown hair. And I was like, what are you like the Counting Crows? It's round here. Yeah. What are you saying? What are you singing? I love that stuff. It's so good. Uh, you know, just, that song that's like, listen to the music. It's like a really popular 70s song. Mm-hmm. I thought it was disco music for like the <laughs> longest time. <laughs> Finally, my husband's like, what are you singing? Oh, I love it. This, 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 that's the song lyrics. That's how they go. Yeah. All right. So folks, it is time for us to get out of here. We've got to give shout outs. Uh, so let's finish this up with Corey, Dan, Jack, and I will finish it up. Shout outs that you'd like to give. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to my mom. I don't think she, I've given her a shout out here yet. And she is um, the queen of singing the wrong lyrics basically <laughs> so i guess that's where i get it from so i love you mom that's what's up uh i'd like to give a shout out to my two co-hosts on three kings in the midway i always do because i mean you know i just have a good time uh you know and we have such good chemistry me and me and those guys man we have a good time laughing having fun breaking down film whatever it is we do i want to give a shout out to the bear down report you guys are doing awesome Y'all are, y'all are, I mean, really outstanding. You see some progress being, I mean, just that's what I, I'm, I'm always a person that, that loves to see progress. I love to see people winning and the reports that I see that are written, whether it be written, whether it be shows, whether it be podcasts, you guys are on top of your thing. You guys do research, you make it fun and engaging and inciting. And, you know, I just want to give a shout out to you guys, man. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, you, you, you're wrecking the game. You're wrecking the shop, you know, so that's that's good, man. 
Shout out to you guys, everybody at the Bear Down Report. Dan, I, I know I speak for all of us. That means a lot coming from you, dude, because you are a guy that we really, really respect. Uh, the Three Kings of the Midway podcast uh, is is one that I am listening to every single week because you guys are so damn good. And uh, to, to, to hear a compliment from you, man, that, that, that means more. So thank you very much for that. Thanks, Dan. That was really nice. I, I, I mean this too. Enjoy your show greatly. Listen to it every week, just thank like you. Ryan. We appreciate, appreciate that. it. Give a shout out to the uh, the Roar of the Lions UK. They had me on this week, which was really awesome. They're at all caps, uh, R-O-T-L underscore UK. And great guys. I mean, it's really good dudes. It feels like the nice thing I feel like that we've done, just maybe spinning off what Dan said, is we've all, I think, tried to avoid like the chachi meathead angle that can be like Chicago sports sometimes. And it feels like that the community that we're starting to build here and that it does include the Lions, guys. It's really just a bunch of really good dudes and ladies who are smart about football and are respectful. And it's about analysis and not just like, hey, we're trying to get clicks and hot takes and, you know, that type of thing. So uh, they're really good. I, I really enjoyed being on their show. Uh, Jack, you did an absolutely great job with it. Um, so quick shout outs, obviously, to to Jack. Uh, Jack and I have been doing this for almost a year now, and uh, it's it's crazy to think about. We've, we've got a, a one-year celebration coming up, which Dan already knows a little bit about, uh, but we, we're going to talk about that as it comes up. Uh, so um, always great to talk with my with my guy, Jack. Uh, we've been friends for a long time, and, and the ch- now the fact that we get to do this is, is even more fun. Corey, um, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the stuff that you're doing with the Irish Bears show, the stuff that you're writing is just absolutely stellar. Uh, Dan, I, I can't say anything more great about you, dude. You're, I said millions of times over, you're one of the smartest guys in the game. I absolutely love what you guys do over there. It is phenomenal, phenomenal work. I laugh every single episode out loud. Sometimes it's really inappropriate and I don't care. It's totally worth it. You guys are spot on with your analysis. And, and seriously, again, man, to, to hear a compliment from you means so very much. Um, I've got a couple quick more that I've got to give out and I apologize guys, but um, you know, as, as the, the host of the Bear Down Report podcast, we've got a lot of people that we, we are, are supporting us and we, we are just so thankful for it. Uh, Brendan Shagroof um, lost his dog this week, Buster. And um, any of you that have a dog, man, you know, that's, that's family. And so seriously, Brendan, um, we know we gave you a lot of crap for not being here, but, uh, but truly dude, we, we are, we're thinking about you a lot. Um, uh, both Jack and I have a friend, Mike Fitzgerald. He is the head football coach at York High School um, in Elmhurst, Illinois. And they got the first win against Glenbard West since 2007 at Glenbard West. Um, Fitz has now got his team at 6-0. and And I just know how hard that guy works. And so he's been on the podcast before. Fitz is a great guy. Uh, offensive genius. Would love to have him come back onto the pod again. Just would, would be great. Um, Chad Beasley, who gave us a really nice compliment and Chad is always interacting with us on Twitter and he's just a great guy. One more shout out to the roar of the lions crew, especially Steve Collins. Steve and I have had quite a few back and forths and he does great work for the roar of the lions as well as NFL Scotland folks. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe folks. If you really like what you hear, hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience for all of us at the bear down report for Jack Wright, Corey Walsh, Dan Goodwin III, I am Ryan Dangle. Thank you folks so very much. And as always, bear down.